Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Well, if you don't know me, before we start, I just want to take a few minutes just to tell you a little bit about myself and my family. And I've been married for 19 years to my husband, Matt. And most of that time he has spent traveling the world, ministering and leading worship. And so it's quite the miracle that together we have five children. And those children are between the ages of 17 and seven. And our oldest is a girl called Maisie Ella. And when I gave birth to her in the year 2000, that was also the time not only did I experience motherhood for the first time, but I experienced being electrocuted by my husband whilst in labour for the first time. And in England, they are so stingy with drugs. They want you to believe the lie that you can do it without medication. And I'm here today to tell you that's a lie. And so they won't give you the pain relief. And they sold me the lie that I could do it by myself with the help of this machine called a TENS machine. Does anyone here have those in America? Good. You people are wise because those things do not help. And when I was in labour for 27 hours with this machine strapped on me, every time a contraction would come, we would have to turn this thing up and the, the waves were supposed to like help you, which did not help me. And as I was coming close to delivering my daughter, I had a massive contraction and I called out to my husband to help me. And he was trying to be helpful washing dishes. So he came straight over to me with dripping wet hands and turned my machine up to 10. And on that day, not only did I fly across the room, but he gave me a full-on electric shock while I was three centimetres dilated. And the miracle is that not only did I go on to deliver a healthy baby girl, but I actually had four more babies with this man. (laughs) And those babies are four boys. We have one called Noah, who's 15. And then we had a big gap between our second and our third, where we went through six miscarriages. We found God's grace to be enough, even in that season of loss. And then in God's kindness, we went on to have three more boys who are 10, 8, and 7. And they're here in the kids' church today. And so the journey for me to not just become, but to be a mum has been the hardest and the highest call on my life. It has required of me that which I did not possess by myself. But as we mums know, by the grace of God and a lot of hard work, it also gifts us the gift of courage and healing and vulnerability and capacity, deep pain and high joy. And so not to exclude anybody today, I want to talk to you about the subject of brave love. And I know that Mother's Day can evoke all kinds of different emotions for different people. And we share the planet with 7.5 billion people. But as big as the world is, God zooms in on this church in Irvine, California, and he knows what Mother's Day means to you. And I laugh that in the Bible, 
we see Jesus going around offering real talk and streams of living water. And so I want to say to you that whatever this means to you, if this is a day that maybe represents sorrow or longing for a child, waiting for a baby, loss or maybe regret, that His grace is enough for you and that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and He is close to the crushed in spirit and His grace is enough for you, whatever that word might mean or evoke in you. And his, his grace was enough for me two weeks ago when I flew to England to make my peace with my mum and tell her I love her. She lay facing the end of her life in a hospital bed. His grace is enough for me and His grace is enough for you as we look at this subject today. Amen. You do not parent alone. You do not sit here alone. You don't come in here having to face the day, the world your circumstances alone, you face it with the help of a mighty, loving God who with the force of brave love endured the cross so that we can stand. And we don't just stand, but he's able to make all grace abound to us. And statistics show that there are 2 billion mothers in the world. There's 85.4 million mothers in America alone and 4.3 babies born every second. But there are also millions of women who are not birth mothers, but who mother in so many different capacities. And I want to honour today every expression in every woman today. And that includes stepmoms and foster moms and grandparents and aunties and people who help in the kids' work and mentors and mother figures. Any woman who takes the time to stand in the gap for another. We celebrate the gift of mothering in you today. And as I was preparing, I was thinking about some of the qualities it takes to mother. And I was also thinking about how that in itself can almost drive us to the edge of ourselves. And to mother, to lead to be a boss, to be a dad, to be a husband, to be a friend, to be a great worker, to be a mum. We need more of Jesus. And it requires of us brave love. And I know I spend so much of my time being way more like Martha. Busy, we're busy women, we're busy men. We're busy, we're doing, we're going. But I just pray that this morning that we would draw near and be more like Mary to actually just stop and take this time to come close to Jesus so that those streams of living water that we see flowing from Jesus in the Gospels to the hurting and the needy and the weak and the weary can also by the Spirit of God flow down in Free Chapel in Irvine and meet your need today. Amen. A brave love. It's not normal, everyday affection for people that always love us in return. Brave love gives, even if it gets nothing back. It's the example that Jesus showed us. Active, extravagant, selfless, often unnoticed, unglamorous, unthanked, 
But it's powerful because the Bible tells us that that kind of love sown never fails. And in the taking up of our cross and following the example of Jesus, loving because he first loved us, we give over our mistakes and thank God that by his grace it's enough. And it's like reliving when you mother the feeding of the 5,000 every day. And you say, this is what I've got. That is not enough. How is that enough? And we see Jesus coming alongside us, taking our best and our worst, and somehow doing something incredible and miraculous with it. Amen? And so I pray today, women who mother, anyone who leads, anyone who loves bravely, that you would receive the courage and the power to keep going. But one of the biggest obstacles that I have faced as a mother has been the fact that it's relentless and often exhausting. And you can be pouring all of the good stuff in and you're not always getting that return. And so you can feel so easily lonely or dejected. And I love that there's a perfect passage for us today in the book of Galatians. And if you're not familiar, it's such a rich book written by the Apostle Paul that addresses the subject of the grace of God. And many in that time in the church in Galatia, it wasn't enough what Jesus had done. They were going back to works and legalism and trying to do good and be perfect and sit in the box and have the perfect behavior and the perfect life. And they were forgetting about the grace of God. And so Paul, in the book of Galatians, he's exhorting his readers to live by the Spirit, by grace, and thereby receiving the help of the Holy Spirit to become who we need to do, doing the things that we've been called to do with the strength we need to do them. And so his message is one that is essential to us as mothers. You don't need to be perfect. Who finds that just even that by itself is helpful? You don't need to be perfect. You can receive God's help and strength and relax and stop striving, not be given to anxious thoughts or panic or fear. But you can enjoy life and even enjoy mothering by finding renewed strength in God. And then the passage shows us all what God can do with that. And so in light of that, in light of the fact that Paul is saying, you're not going to achieve this by trying to be perfect. You're not going to achieve what you want to see by doing it in your own strength. In light of that, Galatians 6, 9 says this. So let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And Paul is speaking here to the sower. It's a certain kind of sower who's doing their very best, but yet not seeing the results. And Paul acknowledges in this scripture that that kind of sowing, that relentless doing the right thing and giving it our best and working alongside God and yet not seeing the results, can cause us to become weary 
and fatigued and lose heart. And I love that on Mothering Sunday, there's a passage in Scripture that reminds you what is ahead when you choose brave love and you don't give up. And it also acknowledges that good people doing good things for the kingdom, doing their best, doing their part, can sometimes lose sight of the harvest. I don't know how many of you feel weary today. But weariness is a dangerous state of mind, more mental than physical, a type of thinking and belief system that leaves you feeling exhausted, debilitated, maybe even bored, drained, fed up, close to giving up. And sometimes we lose heart when we look around and we compare ourselves At the end of the day, when I finish doing what I'm doing, there's not a line of people queuing up to go, Mom, that was like totally 10 out of 10. That was like the way you lay down your life and like sowed to the spirit right there. And you discipline me. That was spot on. Like I am going to do what you say. I'm going to become the person that you believe I can become. Thank you. That does not happen in my house. If it does in your house, teach me thy ways. And it can be so easy, especially if you're parenting alone, especially if when day after day it's you, if you believe that you're going to have a child with someone who did you wrong, who left you alone, and you're trying your very best and you're not seeing the results and you're weary. And thank you, Jesus, that you care enough about us to speak some powerful truth and fuel us. And not so that we can be like, right, okay, good. That's another thing for me to do. I mustn't become weary when I leave today. I mustn't become weary. I must not give up because I'm going to... No, it's not another job for you to do. It's a position for you to take before the throne of grace at the foot of the cross, kneeling at the feet of Jesus because he went before you. He showed you the perfect example of brave love. And if you don't know what it looks like, if it wasn't done to you, By the grace of the cross, you can still be that for another person. You can break the cycles in your family lines. You can break the patterns of behaviour and pain and emptiness. And you can even do it alone. You can even do it alone because you will never be alone. Because the helper is with you day and night by the Holy Spirit of Jesus living in you. You know, sometimes we lose heart because life is like a ladder and we see at the top success and perfection and wealth and fame and all the ducks in the row. And I don't know about you, but it doesn't matter how hard I try, I'm not going to get there. I am not enough for the top of the ladder. It doesn't matter how much I give it my all. I can't be that person. And there are so many people chasing the top of the ladder, trying to make everything look right and have enough and their kids be enough and then present this game face. And the top of the ladder is not what we are chasing as Christians. In fact, Jesus was at the bottom of the ladder, the King of Kings, the Son of God, kneeling, washing the disciples' feet, saying, listen, all you who want to know what brave love looks like, it's here at the bottom of the ladder, kneeling, unseen, unthanked, not recognised, but it loves anyway. 
just as the Father loves anyway. And there he is at the bottom of the ladder. And I don't know what the bottom of your ladder looks like, but for me, it's those weeks when my husband's been away telling the world how great God is and my kids have been telling me how awful I am and I'm on my 12th load of washing and someone's just peed their pants and doesn't want to eat like the organic, raw, vegan, like super duper amazing dinner that I have just prepared. And I think, do you know what? This is not fun. Will this ever be what I long for it to be? But Jesus says brave love is the most excellent way. And mums, in Galatians 6, 9, Paul is wanting to give you perspective. That there is seed time and there is harvest. And I don't know about your prayers, but I've been praying the same prayers for a long time over a lot of my children, one in particular. And I'm like, Jesus, like, we've done this. Like, how long, oh Lord, how long? This same prayer for this same child that we might see a breakthrough. But you know, it's not in my time. The Bible says it's in due time. And for us as mothers, not becoming weary in doing good is essentially taking heart and having hope in the training and the waiting stages. Amen? And those are the groundhog days, instilling the same values day in, day out, praying the same prayers, diapers and dinners and driving and disciplining and discipling and forgiving and teaching and serving and kneeling and showing Sometimes it's a call from the school that you don't want to get. For some of you, it's a call from the police that you didn't deserve. That's not a testimony, I'm just saying. <laughs> don't want to be a testimony. The sickness, the sleepless nights, the medical conditions, the bravery it takes for you to get up and keep sewing every day. Eat, sleep, repeat. But today, Jesus wants us to take heart. Do you understand what that means? To take heart. That he takes hold of you. And the Bible teaches us that this repetitive teaching and training and sowing and being at what feels like the bottom rung of the ladder when done in dependency and partnership with the Holy Spirit, yields a beautiful harvest that can never be stolen, spoilt, or taken. Amen. And Proverbs 22, 6, 6 says this, Train up a child in the way they should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I've had a conversation with God about like, how old is old? Can we just, could we just put it at like 12? Would that be, because I feel like that's fair. I feel like with five children, that's like, how much is that? Like, that's a lot of like years of sewing. We'll put it at 12. But that's my time. Due time, it might be 22. It might be 42. It might be 102. There is no sell by date for the harvest. But we're compelled just to keep on sewing anyway. And I love that scientists have a name for this type of rep repetition, the seemingly small, insignificant acts that you deliver daily. And it's called the butterfly effect. 
And in 1963, Edward Lorenz presented a hypothesis to the New York Academy of Science. And his theory stated that a butterfly could flap its wings and set molecules of air in motion, which in turn moved more molecules of air in motion, and which were eventually capable of starting a hurricane on the other side of the planet. Is your head spinning? I don't do science, but it's fine. A butterfly could flap its wings, setting molecules of air in motion, which in turn set more molecules of air in motion, which somehow produced a hurricane on the other side of the world. And at the time, Lorenz and his ideas were laughed out of the conference. But 30 years later, physics professors from all over the world came to the conclusion that the butterfly effect is in fact authentic, accurate and viable. But even more than that, scientists prove that it doesn't just affect butterflies, but it relates to human beings and the impact that we can have on one another by small, repetitive acts. And we see examples of the butterfly effect in scripture And I love it, it specifically relates to mothers in 2 Timothy 1.5. And it says this, from Lois to Eunice to Timothy, we see the butterfly effect. Not a domino effect of a suddenly, but the butterfly effect of small seeds sown from one generation to the other. So that Paul concludes, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you. That spurs me on, the butterfly effect. And for me as a mum, that relates to the Galatians 6, 9 harvest. That's the hurricane that I want to see as the legacy that I leave behind. that I might not see in my lifetime, but that is the legacy that I'm believing for as I am loving bravely on the bottom rung of the ladder. Amen? Amen. And brave love builds the child day in, day out. And Jesus builds the mum. Brave love lives by faith, not by sight. Is there any mums in here who need some faith today? Brave love causes, scientifically proven, a hurricane, a harvest. And even when they are grown, if they are grown and you don't see a harvest, you do not give up. Praying, training, loving, serving, giving, kneeling following the lead of Jesus. And I love, as I close, that mothering is of such immeasurable worth to God. And I love that Forbes said that if uh, mums were to receive a salary, and I'm up for that, um, that it would be somewhere in the region of $190,000 a year. And seeing as there are 2 billion mothers on the planet, that means our net worth is close to $380 trillion. That makes mothers a highly precious commodity. And a survey of college freshmen found that 40% listed their mothers as the single most important influence they'd ever known, compared with 25% of fathers, 17% of spouses, 12% of friends, and 6% 
of siblings. And you may not be getting your 190 grand return this year. <laughs> it's slim. But God in heaven places value and honor and a crown of beauty on you today. You might not see it, you might not touch it, but it's there over your life from heaven and streams of living water flowing down to refresh you as you sow so that you do not lose heart. And I love that in partnership with the Holy Spirit, this legacy will go on after we leave this earth. And we only love, we only love because he first loved us, because Jesus showed us brave love in action. By choosing the cross and scorning its shame, he endured it for your sakes. It's enough for every mistake, for every mother that wasn't there, who disappointed you, gave you up for every child that may not be coming through right now, may not be appreciating you. It's enough for every sleepless night. It's enough for every lonely heart. It's enough for every weary moment because his brave love went before you and by his grace equips you today. And I just want to finish uh, just by reading this little card, my, one of my sweet kids. Let's be fair, they're not all sweet. Let's just be, just, just be truthful. They're not all sweet. <laughs> um, but one of my sweet kids, he, he, he wrote me this little card this morning and um, he didn't know what I'm speaking about. And um, this is not meant to uh, paint me in a good light because I was surprised myself, to be honest. <laughs> But he said this because I just think it's beautiful. I think it's a picture for everyone who's losing heart and doesn't think they're doing a good job, who can't see that they're actually winning. But actually it's a promise, a little sign of what's to come. And he said this, what you teach me is like a seed. You plant it, mum, and then it grows and grows and becomes a flower. Then bees come and take the pollen and feed the pollen to others. And you talked to my seed and you prayed over it. But God made it grow and you made it shine in the bright light and you bring me to our creator. You brought me to Jesus. I love you. I thought those words are going to be good fuel for me today. But they're words. They're sweet words, but they're just words. So let me tell you this. You may not got a card like that. But there's a God in heaven today who is singing over you. The Bible says He sings a song of joy over your life. He takes everything that you regret and everything that you need help with. And He's there singing. Well able, strong, full of love and compassion and mercy and strength. So that you may not grow weary but continue on until you see the harvest. Amen. Amen. Isn't God amazing? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.